1: This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am
0: Batman. In the year 2039, Gotham City has no heroes. It's people, no hope. It's youth, no future. Eat it, boys and girls. Who's up for some glass? Terry McGinnis was part of the problem. You can't control your temper, and you'd better if you expect to get anywhere in
1: life. Yeah, I'll be a big success, just like
0: you. Until a moment of violence brought him to the door of a man named Bruce Wayne. Let's put a smile on his face. Leave him alone. Once known as the Batman. Yeah, you're something. Okay. Now the dark knight will rise again to drive the shadow of evil from the streets of Gotham. Let's go. Super villains, beware. There's a new Batman in town. Batman beyond. You're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman justice returns
1: welcome to my world hey everybody welcome to episode 173 of the dcau review i am one of your hosts cal along with me for the ride as he has been every single edition of this fine podcast is my good friend good brother and the man that runs our Twitter page, it is Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 173 of the DCAU review.
2: That's right, and uh, as we have been talking about, we talked about at the end of the show last week, we been talking about it all week on our social media platforms, uh, we are trying something a little bit different this week, uh, as opposed to picking an episode of a classic DCAU cartoon and reviewing it with our normal scoring system, this week we're actually gonna do a little bit of a, uh, a little bit more focused uh, thing, and we're gonna look at a single character and kind of their entire DCAU history. Um, that, that being said, it's we're, for now at least, we're really gonna focus on characters that we've kind of finished with, mm-hmm. um, and since we're still making our way through uh, Batman the Animated Series, Superman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond, Static Shock, uh, that we we will be pretty choosy with who uh, who gets these episodes early on, and also because once you get to the bigger characters, uh, it becomes a lot more work if we're being honest. <laughs> but that is uh, that is all all of that to say. This is our first DCAU character spotlight episode, and we are focusing on none other than Derek Powers, aka Blight. That's right, a man who quite frankly doesn't even need a
1: spotlight because he glows in the dark. Uh, that being <laughs> adversary, that was good. Come on, yeah. Let's please clap. That's uh, good. He, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, as we're doing research and as we have said before, as we've covered, uh, we've actually covered each and every episode. Featuring him thus far because he really, despite being such a a large looming presence and such a a pivotal character in the entire series of Batman Beyond, which granted we have not covered yet uh, all of those episodes, but we have finished the story arc of of Derek power's blight because they wrap it up uh, in the first season. So he is, uh, he is sadly uh, no more after the, uh, the, his final appearance as we'll go through here in just a moment, talking about him, Liam, but uh, he is a very, very uh, a pivotal character to Terry McGinnis and Batman's story arc from Batman beyond for multiple reasons, just because of he's really woven into the fabric of not only uh, Terry's origin story and, and being responsible uh, for, for the death of Terry's father, mm-hmm. which sort of leads uh, to the interaction eventually that he has with Bruce Wayne and uh, becoming Batman and so it is sort of responsible for Batman's rebirth, if you will but also he's interwoven throughout many episodes in that very first season, kind of pulling strings behind the scenes, having these constant clashes with Bruce Wayne as being the head of the, the Wayne powers organization and sort of Bruce, not trusting him and knowing what a, uh, what a sleaze ball he is and them sort of butting heads. So there's a lot that we get very early on there. And even in, A few tie-in comics we get some some blight appearances too that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later Mm -hmm. on here but uh, as far as as pivotal arch enemies I think when people that are are in the know think of Batman Beyond's arch enemies you got to talk about blight
2: yeah and I think it is it's always the character who I think when the rivalry feels the most personal um, that is when that's that's the one who sort of ascends to that arch enemy status, uh, you know. It's why it's why there's a, a Lex Luthor for Superman, a Joker for Batman, and in this case, a uh, a blight for for Batman, yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for for Terry's Batman, um, in the sense that as you said, he is so interwoven into the origins of the character. It's uh, you know he he is responsible. He sort of puts a hit out on Terry's father. Um, that uh, that sends Terry on the path to becoming Batman.
0: I asked you here, Warren, to clear up any misconceptions you might've gotten from that incident with Mr. Tully. Harry simply suffered an allergic reaction to a chemical compound in the lab. Shook him up a bit, but he's under the best of care. That's great. When can I see him? Monday morning, first thing. Thank you, Mr. Powers. Don't mention it, Warren. Oh, Warren. Before I forget, there seems to be a file missing from Harry's records. Would you know where it is? No, sir, I have no idea. No, of course not. Mr. Fix, any word on the kid? Not yet, but they're looking at... I don't have to tell you how important this deal is to Wayne Powers. It's going to open up the entire Eastern Block for us, so I don't need it spoiled by a snot-nosed punk. I took care of his old man, didn't I?
2: And uh, it's, a, it's a little like, and this is a really silly idea, no one would ever do this, but can you imagine if, like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out an example. The Sandman killed Uncle Ben <laughs> in Spider-Man. Wouldn't that be... St- You would think that wouldn't work and it would be a terrible idea but uh uh no they they would never do anything like that thankfully but uh anyway but it is sort of that thing where yes it's it's the uncle ben moment it's the the crime alley bruce wayne's parents are are killed moment for for terry that is sort of all set off and being orchestrated though he's not the man who pulls the triggers so to speak he is the man who Uh, who sends the, uh, sends the loaded gun to the man who does kill Terry's father. Um, And, and unlike the, the man, Mr. Fix, who Terry gets to face off with in the very first episode of Batman Beyond, it's a longer and sort of slower burn. And at least at first, before we, we are made aware that, or that Terry is made aware that Blight and Powers are one and the same. Derek Powers, much like Lex Luthor, uh, in Superman, the animated series, is quite untouchable to Batman and to Terry. Uh, and so that sort of adds to the sting of knowing that he is the man responsible for you know the worst thing that's ever happened to you and knowing that there's not much you can do about it. So it really gets to that deeply personal uh, rivalry that I think that, and that's why I think Blight sort of stands above the rest, despite, as you pointed out, not really having that much staying power as far as the multiple seasons go.
1: Absolutely. And, and this is a character, it, it not only, I, I would say, does his story arc, and in a second we'll talk a little bit about the origins of the character and sort of the history of, of him, but uh, visually, this is a character that was designed to really stand out on a series where everything is very dark. It was intentionally made darker. The tone of the show was supposed to be darker, so there's not as much bright neon colors. There's not as much Joker action. There's a lot Hmm. of monotone sort of mellower, darker, deeper colors that are featured in the palette for Batman Beyond. And then you have just his arch nemesis is literally the complete opposite of Batman. Batman has this dark black, almost completely shadow like costume and his arch nemesis for this story arc is the complete opposite. This day glow bright green nuclear man who sticks out like a sore thumb and literally has to continually sort of cover himself with his artificial skin to prevent from standing out in such a such a great way. I think the character design for blight, which we'll talk about in a second, sort of some of the influence that it came from is is another thing that stands out and makes this character such a such an interesting visual piece. And we talk about visuals so much in our in our reviews that I think it's important that we talk about visually. It's a
2: pretty cool looking character. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And it's not it's not an overly busy design either. It's uh, you know he's sort of he's in a, a jacket and, and slacks and it's just a it's just a skeleton right you you wouldn't think it would be that visually exciting but and and we'll get to his sort of individual episode appearances but when blight first appears in the series and certainly when he first faces off with batman in the series it is so striking their their interactions and in this bright green the way the way he sort of weaponizes this radiation that permeates his whole body in a in a really unique way that makes him a really cool foil for Batman uh, physically as well. But it, yeah, it's it's something and, and and we'll get into this in his, his origins. It's almost it's like part he's he is this sort of corporate psycho along the lines of Alex Luthor or a Norman Osborn, but he's also you know, he's almost he's also has the look of, you know, a horror movie villain like he's very, he's very vicious and, and terrifying as well. There's it's, it's a really interesting design and again, not not overly complicated. It's just that bright hue of green, as you said, sort of contrasting the simplicity and and, uh, you know, the simple perfection that is that Batman Beyond suit when when they go toe to toe, it's it's really striking.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's an, another reason why I think he's incredibly memorable is just as a child, you see that bright green man sticking out on your television screen. It's kind of it, pun intended burns itself into your memory, I think at that point. So, um, yeah, so let's let's briefly talk a little bit about uh, the character itself. So this is an original character for this series uh, that has a little bit of inspiration from existing characters. Um, as you mentioned, uh, there's certainly some Lex Luthor puppet string ma- or puppet masters pulling the strings type influence, uh, being the this similar in the vein of the way that Lex Luthor was in Superman, the animated series. So there's definitely some influence there. Looks wise, though, um, his look, the skeleton, the nuclear man type look was actually borrowed from a, an existing member of the standard continuity Batman's rogues gallery, a, a villain that was created in 1990, or in 1977 uh, by Steve Englehart, uh, the same creator who's responsible actually for, for creating Star-Lord and some of the other ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He actually had done some early work on the Batman movie. Uh, that eventually became, of course, the inspiration ultimately for Mm Batman the Animated Series. So there's some interesting DCAU, uh, certainly some uh, six six degrees of DCAU separation there, I guess, uh, that you could tie him back (laughs) to. Uh, But this character, Dr. Phosphorus, who was created by Steve Engelhart, had a similar look, at least. He was this burning man. He was a scientist. It was was not a one-to-one. It was more of an adaptation of his look versus the actual character itself but the i think the creators uh, you know when when designers and people uh, artists have been talking about you know th- what their original inspiration for this was Uh, Bruce Tim and and maybe Alan Burnett talking about that that you know this was something that they borrowed from but with that I think that it's very hard not to look at the character and also see uh, as we've talked about several times that there's some heavy influence from the world of Spider Man in this character as well.
2: Absolutely, and yeah, as as we've touched on that uh, that Norman Osborn uh, Green Goblin character is is obviously one of the the tippy top spider-man rogues for again the same reasons we've been talking about the sort of deeply personal uh feud that the, those characters have had over the years and sort of the unique uh the unique villainy of that character and how he how he is such a foil for spider-man um so yeah there's definitely that uh obviously a little bit of of, of uh in dc world you could you could obviously compare him to lex luthor because of the the evil corporate side of things, but, uh, obviously this, this series Batman Beyond as a whole, uh, you know, when, when Glenn Murakami, who of course was, was made a producer for the first time on this series, that was, uh, you know, that was one of his, his main goals I think was to really model Terry and, and the whole series after that, that early Steve Ditko Spider-Man, uh, stuff and, and certainly giving him a, a, a nemesis who is both a powerful physical threat and that also happens to be a, a corpus titan in his day job I that's that was certainly no coincidence.
1: Absolutely.
2: So, you know, this is a
1: character, again, whose, whose story starts and ends with the DCAU. We'll talk a little bit, touch a little bit later on uh, how he's made his way into main continuity DC Comics. But uh, let's start talking about uh, his actual DCAU story arc, Liam. As we said, it's only the six episodes, seven episodes that he really plays a part in, which is crazy to think. But then you remember that that, the, that first season of Batman Beyond is only 13 episodes but as we said he really makes a splash and 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 is clear to be the main focus as we learn uh he's mentioned Derek Powers himself has mentioned uh, pretty much right in the first scene of rebirth as they mentioned this uh this uh, merging of of Wayne Powers into a single organization between the two of them and then Right after that, we're introduced, uh, you know, to Terry's father being somebody that's working uh, in this laboratory on his behalf. So he really is established early on in Rebirth as a as a very, very important character. And of course, you know, I think there are several standout moments in that episode. Uh, What what would be your standout if you had to pick a scene out of Rebirth that really you feel like defines that character? What what would be your pick?
2: Yeah, I think the the first moment definitely comes in uh, in early in Rebirth Part Two when he and and Mister Fr- Fix uh, confront Terry as Terry is walking home and uh, ask him about a disc that Terry's father gave him and told him to hide and and keep safe. Um, that that uh, sort of really I think puts up front that prior to the. The dramatic transformation and, and everything, which certainly seems to drive him a, a bit more mad uh, as as the series goes on, but it's really made very clear very early on that he is very comfortable and feels very untouchable and is willing to sort of uh, threaten Terry and uh, threaten a kid in in the middle of the streets, uh, you know, in broad daylight. He he just has this this really dramatic corporate slime. Hello, Terry. Ever had a ride in a
0: limo? My dad always told me to never take rides from strangers. Who's a stranger? Besides, your dad's not around anymore. Be smart, Terry. Get in. I'll pass. Let go of me! What are you doing? You you some kind of sicko? Help! Help! That won't do you any good, Terry. Why don't you make it easy on yourself and give me back my disc? what disc you
2: know what i'm talking about all right if he lets go uh to him and uh, it really it really comes out uh really comes comes out in that scene and and i think the 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 final moments of the episode when we get our first reveal of blight would also obviously have to come into play here
1: yeah, absolutely. When we get the final final reveal of what the you know this this gas that he was exposed to, and uh, what we initially maybe think that he succumbed to and p- potentially passed away from, you know, we we learn at the end that the the only way to treat the this this toxic poisonous uh, gas and, and virus that has been released and he's been affected by is to uh, is, is to treat it with extreme radiation and he has a reaction to it based on the based on the radiation and we get this sort of pan up and it's, it's not all that different than some of the other tragic reveals that you see in Batman the animated series be it a two face or maybe a Clayface reveal but what makes this different is that he. He really, really embraces the maniacal evil bad guy at this point because it's a it's a reveal into the mirror and a complete and total head back and laugh situation sort of crazily as he he begins to see uh, just kind of the, the monster that he's become. So, yeah, those both of those, I think, are, are set really set the table not only for. For who he is, character-wise, you know, deep down, what his character is, but also then, uh, you know, the the crazy side of things that reveal that maybe this this radiation exposure to this gas is, uh, you know, is is going is messed with his brain further than he expected it to. So. Moving on from there, uh, his next appearance, believe it or not, is going to be in the very next episode uh, that comes in order, which is uh, so we covered rebirth, by the way, back on episode 26 of the DCAU review. You can check out all of these episodes that we're going to mention that we've covered them in the archives at dcaureview.com or streaming on your favorite podcast app, also available on YouTube through the Pod Tower. So uh, go back and listen to these if you're interested in it. You know, some of these we gave higher scores than others. Uh, Rebirth, I gave it a 32 out of 40. Liam gave it a 31 out of 40. So, uh, you know, pretty high on the scale there of enjoyability being the debut uh, episode. Uh, His next appearance would be in Blackout, which is, of course, Liam, the ink episode. And that one is a very fun episode for a lot of reasons, Uh, mostly because of the ink storyline. Again, this this episode features a lot of Derek Powers in the background, sort of pulling the strings as he's hired ink to sabotage. Fox Teca, which is a rival company t- uh, owned by Lucius Fox Jr. that's sort of rivaling Wayne Powers. So he's hired Inc. as a saboteur to come in and, and, and destroy research and sabotage them. Uh, and then eventually r- recognizes and realizes uh, after he has this interaction with Bruce Wayne, which to me, I think is the highlight of the episode is we really get to see Bruce and Derek Powers go head to head for their very first time as Bruce kind of lets him know that, hey, I know you're not a good person and I'm not going to let you get away with it. Come in,
0: Bruce. What a pleasant surprise. How have you been holding up? With a cane. (laughs) Very clever. I must say, it's so nice to see you taking an interest after all these years. We're lucky to have you as a resource. Mm Mm-hmm. You should come by more often. I'll set you up with the finest office in the building, just not this one. Ah, uh, I'd prefer you not touch that. In case you're worried, I didn't come here to set up shop again. Why, Bruce, you've misread me. I don't worry. I just came to say this. Keep your hands off, Fox Tekka. Pardon me? I may not have the leverage on paper anymore, but I still have friends. The Foxes were a valued part of this company for years. I'd hate to find out Wayne Powers was involved in these attacks. Bruce, let me put your concerns to rest. I'd never do such a thing. Why Lucius Jr. was still vice president when I took over. I know you fired him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that is that is sort of an interesting uh, dichotomy that we see throughout the rest of the season is that powers does sort of have that rivalry, not just with, with Batman as Terry, but also there is this sort of thing where he muscled in on Bruce's company and Bruce is now, now sort of having his life revitalize his, you know, his ability to care about not only, you know, the city itself, but his company in in particular, um, how, how important that sort of becomes to Bruce for the rest of the season. And And you see that, uh, you see that rivalry that he, he, sort of, he's made enemies of both, uh, both of the best men by, uh, by pretty early on in the series.
1: Yeah. So we do get a little bit of the reveal as, as he realizes, as Derek powers realizes that Bruce is going to be uh, a, a, a difficult adversary as well as Batman continuing to meddle into things. So uh, ink decides that she's going to set out on this uh, path to try and kill Batman specifically and uh, that, that's where we, he, she finds her way into the Bat Cave. A very memorable episode. You and I both loved that episode. I gave it a 36 out of 40. You gave it a 35 out of 40. So pretty high scores for that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think the, the best parts of that, as far as Blight are concerned, though, are sort of revealing how he's sort of, we already knew he was ruthless, but this really sinks it in that he doesn't care who it is, whether it's it, if they're standing in his way. He, he will do whatever it takes. And he even has this interaction with Ink where he tells her he doesn't care what what it's going to cost. He needs mm-hmm. Batman gone. So he this is sort of a reveal of that ruthless character, that ruthless nature of his. And I think I think does a great job of showcasing that. So uh, we move forward at, at, again one episode later in, in maybe one of my favorite Batman Beyond episodes of all time. And that is the episode Meltdown, Liam, and this is where we finally get the official reveal and the first battle between Batman and blight himself.
2: Yeah, that, that episode is uh, it's an all time classic. It's uh, obviously because it also features the return and, and sort of the finale of this long standing Mr. Freeze story arc that starts in the original Batman, the animated series. But uh, as you mentioned Cal, it also features the the true sort of first action that we see uh, Blight take uh, as as a character as uh, he's sort of as Derek Powers is manipulating Victor Freeze throughout the episode and eventually decides that he's going to uh, to just kill Vis- Victor Freeze the experiment they were working on with him just isn't working and so instead he's going to uh, just scrap it and start over and uh, and when Victor Freeze looks to take revenge and freezes him in an ice block as as he does <laughs> uh that leads to yes the uh, the debut the first meeting of blight and batman it's not only does he attack and, and nearly kill uh mr freeze very very quickly uh he also then has a a sort of a a battle with batman and it's very clear as 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 we talked about earlier when we were mentioning the visuals Uh, not only is he is he sort of just this walking radiation farm but he also has the ability to sort of uh you know throw he throws sort of radioactive bombs all around. He's, he's a very, he has, you know, long range weaponry. He's this incredibly powerful character and, and Batman's really not equipped at all to handle it. And it's really only when Mr. Freeze comes back and, and intervenes on Batman's behalf that Blight isn't able to kill him in their first meeting. So you really establish right off the bat in that episode, how ruthless, how vicious he is, not only again, but on the side of how he uses people in in the, in the corporate world and how he was, Willing to sort of write off Victor as just a failed experiment, but also how physically violent and physically ruthless he is when he is battling both uh, Freeze and Batman in that episode.
1: Yeah. And we actually get the first official. Uh, he refers to himself as Blight. He, he gives himself, he coins his own nickname. I don't think you can give yourself an, your own nickname in most cases. Like that's, That kind of goes against the rules of nicknaming, but, but he did it. He, he delivers a very passionate, memorable line. And behold, I shall be a blight upon the land, and everything I touch shall wither
0: and die. Batman.
1: And who are you, sunshine? Blight, was you?
2: Terry, there's something hot in that room. No kidding. And it's delivered with
1: great, just a great delivery. We'll talk about that in a little bit as we talk about uh, the voice acting uh, that we get throughout this series uh, for Blight and Derek Powers, but a great delivery there. And Batman asks him who he is and he says, you can call me Blight. And uh, we're kind of off to the races at that point, again, revealing just kind of what a what a foe he is and, and what a threat he is to Batman and really any interaction that they have. Uh, is going to be one that that Terry is going to be uh, going to be threatened by. It's not this isn't isn't something to to lay down and tie somebody up with a rope, uh, as as we learn very, very quickly throughout that uh, initial fight there. So uh, the next episode, we see him in again. And that last episode, Meltdown, you can check out in the archives. It's episode 28. Uh, I gave a score of 35 out of 40. You gave it a 38 out of 40, which means that episode is in the top picks section officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely check that one out. If you haven't listened to our review in the archives, episode 29 is shriek. And, uh, that one, Liam, uh, is, uh, is another one. I think that focuses while it's not. There's not a Blight appearance or or, or a major interaction between Batman and Blight. Derek Powers heavily is featured in this episode as somebody who is attempting to sort of tear down old Gotham in an attempt to move in and make Wayne Powers uh, a lot of money. He's butting heads once again, wouldn't you know it, with Bruce Wayne in the boardroom. And uh, this leads him to decide that, hey, I've done enough butting heads with this old man that used to run this company and uh i need him out of the picture
2: yeah and, and again we we talked about his interactions with ink his interactions with mr freeze and now his interactions with shriek so there is that that puppet master quality of of a luthor to him where again his his as we as we'll talk about in a moment here as we get to his final appearance uh his his physical interactions with batman were few and far between but uh, you know he was he was he appeared to sort of uh, to pull the strings so to speak, multiple other times and yeah he uses shrieks uh, incredible sound technology to to first to try to f- physically kill Bruce Wayne when that doesn't work to sort of drive Bruce Wayne mad by uh, by sort of making him think he's hearing voices. It's a, it's a very intricate kit and over the top plot but it's uh it leads to a tremendous finale there and, and a really fun moment for Terry but yes having having shriek in in or having uh, having Derek Powers sort of pulling the strings there and um, I think the standout scene from from Derek Powers uh perspective in that episode is when shriek sort of comes to him furious and you know he realizes that he's kind of been had and that his identity has been is going to be exposed that he doesn't know who you know he he won't be able to go anywhere. He won't be able to use his own name. And and Derek Powers very calmly tells him that uh, that if you if you don't if you can't use your old name then we'll think of a new one for you. The police know about me. I'm a wanted man. I can never go back to my lab again.
0: And it's all your fault. That's not going to help. No, but it'll make me feel better. You should be feeling fine anyway. And why is that? Because your costume gives you power Real power Ever had that before? No, not really It's no small thing Trust me But I I can't show my face anymore Or use my name The face is no loss And if you miss your name, I'll give you another one One that fits your new persona Shriek Shriek? Not a friendly name, I grant you But take it from me It's better to be feared than loved. Shriek. Now go forth and do damage, but don't forget, you still owe me Bruce Wayne. What if Batman gets into it again? kill him
1: <laughs> yeah he's just full of all these great monikers for these uh super villains it's the same that he uh you know he really really was uh, eliminated early on in the in the first episode he could, or in the first season he could have really lent batman a hand uh, t- towards the end of the series naming some of these uh these villains that he comes in contact with but yeah <laughs> he isn't uh he's very dismissive and it you know it's it's very clear that he is uh he's using shreve in order to you know his his research and is very dismissive of, of the use of his research and, and has sort of allowed him to sort of make this bed uh, to, to that kind of leaves him needing Derek Powers at this point because he spends all of this money that that Derek gives him for this research and, and comes up with a very expensive way to destroy some buildings. And it's funny, uh, he Derek Powers just says, yeah, well, dynamite's cheaper. And, and like that very dismissive <laughs> of it, but then, you know, manipulates him into saying, but you can become a hitman basically. Like, yeah, okay, this is not gonna be for the purpose that you used it for, but hey, what if we used it for this diabolical purpose? Just, just evil, what an evil, evil man here we have. <laughs> uh, that uh him 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 uh him getting his comeuppets at the very end as as bruce uh they they end that episode with uh with a a board a shareholders meeting of wayne powers where they vote down uh derek powers's motion to to purchase this land and demolish old gotham that bruce is trying to save and And, uh, you know, him him getting his 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 tail handed to him and having to walk away with his tail between his legs is pretty satisfying, especially as this is sort of the last interaction that we see between uh, him and Bruce butting heads uh, until we get to our final episode. And uh, Shriek, by the way, we gave uh, we gave scores of 34 and 32 out of 40, respectfully for that one. So check out episode 29 for that one. And then fast forward all the way to his final Appearance, Liam, because we get several episodes that don't really feature him. Uh, maybe a mention here or there, but his final appearance on the in the entire series would be uh, the episode we covered in episode sixty-six, which was the episode titled "Ascension." And this is really introducing uh, his son and uh, and sort of uh, sort of in- introducing Paxton Powers as a as a character that could possibly take his place and. Uh, we really get uh, his identity exposed, and and that's sort of the entire entire episode. At that point, is uh, Derek Powers is revealed to be Blight, and Batman sort of coming to terms with that, and and having uh, one last final battle with this uh, this sad boy that eats sandwiches on submarines. <laughs>
2: i mean yeah if we're talking about the highlight the true highlight of blight in the entire series it's when he eats the sandwich but uh (laughs) but uh but yeah that that is sort of its finale it's i've always and we talked about it certainly back in in the episode when we reviewed it fully but as a finale for the character uh i think it's a really exciting first part there where where he sort of reveals where he sort of you know angered to such a degree that he can't contain the radiation. His skin begins to fall off. Uh, Seemingly Paxton is doing everything he can to contain it. But uh, obviously we later find out in the episode that Paxton was, uh, this was all an elaborate ploy by him to expose his father and sort of take power in, in the company, no pun intended. And, uh, and, but yeah, it's, it is sort of this dramatic reveal and Batman swoops in right as blight is about to kill Bruce Wayne, it appears, and uh, and they have a brief fight before Blight gets away, and and then yes, we we kind of come to this finale in this nuclear submarine where he's where he's hiding out, and uh, you know it seems at first that Paxton and Batman are working together to capture him, uh, but it, at the same time it turns out that Paxton doesn't plan on uh, letting Derek off of the the sub alive, and and so Batman sort of is left with this uh, conundrum where he has to sort of save the man who killed his father. but uh, despite n- keeping Paxton from killing blight, uh, blight has sort of lost it completely and and sets off a chain reaction of explosions where the where the sub is is going down and blowing up and Batman is able to escape Paxton and the other the other thugs on the ship are able to get away but. Uh, that is the end. We don't really, we obviously never see a body, but we're, there's, there's, no, there's no real follow-up through it. So for all intents and purposes, uh, unless we get some sort of follow-up in a future uh, animated series or, or movie revival of some sort, um, this is the end. It's, uh, <laughs> he blows up in a submarine and floats to the bottom of the, the ocean. <laughs>
0: going on in there the radiation is off the scale
1: I think Uh, powers is going critical I've got to do something get out now yeah and I, I that was that disappointment and that sort of lack of having a real finality to the storyline that left you feeling uh, sort of satisfied. It's it, if you're comparing it to a, a Peter Parker versus Norman Osborn type, uh, type story arc it's it doesn't you don't get the sad reality that he's sort of killed by his own glider like in the spider-man mm-hmm. movie, or you know his his insanity leads to his own death or or you know spider-man just isn't able to, to save him in time but it's his own it's his own you you know that there's finality there so it's it's almost as if the creators left it open in case they wanted to bring him back um, but I also you know, read that Robert Goodman, uh, one of the writers on the series, really felt like that this was the finale, that they didn't want to bring him back for any, any further storylines, that this was sort of this, a satisfactory end. So I disagree with him personally on that. This doesn't feel very satisfying to me when, mm-hmm. when you watch it. Um, it seems very anticlimactic at points, and our scores ended up being the lowest of all of the Blight episodes for this one. I gave it 22, and you gave it a 24 out of 40. So uh, we did not love that episode, uh, but you can check out our review on episode 66 in the archives at dcaureview.com. Uh, there is, Liam, and we've, we've talked about this and where this falls into into continuity and all when we start talking about tie-in comics, especially some of those comics that were directly, you know, featured the Warner Brothers W Kids WB logo on them, and you know, as seen mm-hmm. on Kids WB, things that were that were meant uh, to be tie-ins to the, the comics, but a lot of times that creators themselves didn't reference didn't pay attention to or weren't consulted on as they were written there is uh there are two appearances that that blight makes one in batman beyond volume one number three uh never it's a story called never mix never worry uh that's sort of sandwiched in between or just after the rebirth adaptation uh done in the first two issues of that series and then we do kind of get what ultimately is a a to me a little bit more of a satisfactory ending for the character not much but at least a a clear defined ending for the character in batman beyond volume 2 number 18 uh, it's actually uh, features stalker who we uh the stalker who we just covered in last week's episode and uh Mm -hmm. features him and it also uh features blight as well it's a story called uh prey or hunter hunter or prey and it deals with with blight uh being completely an amnesiac not remembering anything except that batman is sort of responsible for him and responsible for his uh for what he's become and uh stalker is sort of hunting him as well and there's there's lots of play back and forth definitely recommend uh if you have one of the the comics apps or maybe the dc universe app a wonderful app by the way um (laughs) sure is uh, you could check out that comic on there, read it for free, or or maybe you know if you you f- happen to stumble upon it in the uh, back issues at your local comic shop, pick it up. It's it's an interesting story, and that one has more of a finality to it. Is uh, as, as blight is sort of encased in this molten lead and and ultimately pronounced dead at that point, uh, a part of the stalkers collection at that point. Uh, but that's sort of all that we get as far as DCAU stuff when it comes to to uh, to Derek Powers himself and Blight. So it's an arc that starts out with a lot of promise and I think there are definitely, as we've talked about, a lot of impactful points, especially in that in that first, uh, first season of Batman beyond stuff that you would ripple out also, and certainly feel throughout the, the, uh, the entire series. So I think for that reason, it's, it's inarguable and we've kind of already established it, but it, that's why Derek powers and, and blight is such an important character is because those episodes, even though it's only a handful of episodes that he's in, He's he's pretty he's a pretty big deal in a lot of a lot of these early episodes that really shape and, and affect who Terry is and, and who he is as Batman.
2: Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, and certainly, as you said, Mr. Mr. Goodman, who wrote that, that final episode, sort of saw saw a finality to this and that it was time to wrap the character up. Um, and we've we've talked about that certainly quite a few times, and we've we've referenced it uh, that that there was sort of a directive to to move the show into into the high school more, and maybe they felt that with that direction there wasn't much of a place for a this this sort of corporate intrigue with this character. But yeah, regardless, I think of when I think of Blight, I think of yes, while he may be in, in our minds the maybe the arch enemy of, of Terry of, of Batman in in that in the world of Batman beyond it does feel a little bit of uh you know a missed opportunity. Um and again I don't I don't think there's a problem with with, with having finality with having a character killed off or with you know curing them of, of of the disease or the or taking away their powers and sending them to jail whatever you want to do. I don't think there's a problem with that. I don't think every character needs to always be coming back forever, but it it just felt like such a an open ended finale uh, that that we got out in the show. And as you said, there is a tiny bit of uh, follow up in the in the tie in comics, but yeah, we didn't we didn't really ever get like that satisfying that satisfying final fight. And I th- I think that's also part of it is. They're they're in a they're in this sort of cramped submarine area and and Blight is in a net and <laughs> and Terry is, is sort of and there isn't really even a moment where Terry thinks about whether he wants to save Blight or whether he's going to let him die so it's it doesn't really it's not even like a big you know hero moment for Terry when he decides he's going to save his 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 father's killer so yeah I think what I think of is a, a great design as we've talked about. cool character deeply integral and important to the origins of the character and the first season of the show but uh definitely feels like there was uh there was still some some juice left there was still some uh some uh some gas in the tank so to speak before we uh despite the fact that we sort of said goodbye to Mr. Powers, at least in the main DCAU continuity at that point.
1: That's right. And uh, as you as you mentioned there, he has been brought into uh, standard continuity for uh, for the DC uh, comics. You know, there have been several volumes, different different iterations of Batman Beyond, some of which, seem like a a bit of a continuation of DCAU continuity, uh, not directly tied in some, some major differences, some, some artistic liberties here and there when it comes to certain certain things but follows a similar path and uh he was actually a a, a big part of uh the reintroduction of uh future in futures end uh, there was a big storyline that involved Derek Powers and him uh, he, he wasn't a, wasn't the corporate businessman uh, the running Wayne Powers that he was in in uh in the the DCAU but he was uh he was still a scientist i believe and there was some uh there was a the storyline ultimately leads to him discovering and figuring out that uh, that the bat cave is under wayne manor that that Terry is Batman that Bruce was the old Batman and at this point some some of their other characters involved Matt McGinnis is also serving on the bat team and we get i believe Dick Grayson's daughter is also on the in one of the heroes as well uh so yeah. we have we have a lot of different characters that weren't necessarily explored in the DCAU but i think it's cool and it it's it's a testimony i think to the character not only how the character looks but the 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 backstory to the character, his powers, all of that, powers pun intended, but uh his abilities, if you will, uh, you know, all of that to then have that adapted into the standard DC continuity means they did something, right? Because there's some meat on the bone there for writers to use.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah that, that sort of features in rebirth uh rebirth run of Batman Beyond, which was sort of all written by uh by Dan Jurgens, and then uh, you know, had a lot of different tr- uh, really talented artists, uh, Son- Sean Chen did uh, most of the Blight arc, but uh, yeah, it, it did an interesting thing where it sort of melded a lot of elements, a lot of the returning characters like Kirare and Blight and the Jokers and some of those elements of the animated series, but also tied in Damian Wayne and some of the the more modern D, main DC Comics elements to the series, so it sort of jumped around to different things. But yeah, I I like the idea of of, of reintroducing Blight, especially because, like we've been talking about, we didn't really get a, a satisfactory finale to uh, where we get that that knockdown dragout fight between Batman and and Blight. But yeah, I I think that's that's a character that there is still meat on the bone there. Whether it is, like I said, if whether or not, if someday there is an, a new animated series, if there's, if there's a live action Batman Beyond movie made someday, I think this is a character that still has a lot of room to be, to be molded and and sort of added into that that Batman mythos. And and yeah, it's it's cool to see where where he's popped up in in the comics since uh, since his debut, but definitely feels like there's still there's still quite a bit that could be done with this character going forward. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, and yeah, at some of the things that we cover here, you know, definitely if you have the opportunity, just encourage, we love comic books, uh, you know, obviously main DC continuity, DCAU stuff. So just encouragement, if you haven't thought about picking some of that stuff up, or maybe you want just a little bit of extra Batman Beyond story or, or some Blight, uh, you can check out that old that old Futures End run. It's only about a year old or so, a little older, I think was uh, when the finale came out. So uh, it's, it's not that, that old. So you can probably find it your back issues at your comic shop or, you know, check it out on one of the uh, digital apps, but good, some good stuff there to certainly enjoy some beautiful artwork. Uh, Liam, we, we talk about usually break down our episodes and, you know, we've talked about visuals and ultimately the, the plot of, of Blight. I think uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some, some music here that there isn't quite a, a Blight theme that I recall. <laughs> Nothing that stands mm. out as a definitive blight soundtrack something that you can put your finger on and go oh yeah that's the that's the blight theme right there but i think i i think that as we've learned in 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 covering the episodes of batman beyond that we've uh that we've that we've done so far uh that there are there's always going to be musical moments that occur with characters and I, i I was able to maybe pinpoint one or two, I, I think, uh, meltdown, I think is a, is a great showcase that, that final battle and the ultimately the initial reveal of, of blight, uh, as, as a, as a character, this is the first time Batman has really seen him, if you recall, and then you have the, mm-hmm. you have- Mr. Freeze happening at the same time, and it's the three of them and Batman sort of interacting with them. And Bruce is on the radio talking to Terry, you know, it not really doesn't have the visuals on. So he's just kind of experiencing what's happening with the suit. And so there's a lot of a lot of great musical moments there. Uh, did you have anything that stood out for you from you from your recollection of, of musical
2: moments when it came to Blight? Definitely the the meltdown fight, I think, from the moment when when Batman asked them his name and and he says blight will do it the the theme sort of really ramps up it's really heavy drums and and guitar as, as you might expect from Batman beyond but it really sort of ramps up there in a way that it feels like uh like like final boss music or boss fight music i think it's a, it's a really like all right now it's on now now there's trouble here and i think that's that's a pretty fun really fast-paced uh, scene there it's it's uh, it's pretty tremendous and then and then and yeah I, I think it's very simple in fact it might almost be like single notes but the the scene the reveal of blight at the end of rebirth part 2 uh as as we as you talked about he he sort of looks in the mirror sees it and starts to laugh maniacally and there's sort of these single notes and it's almost like the uh the Christopher Nolan sound the inception <laughs> sound just a yep. single boom like you know, just and, and then that, that sort of slow pan where he turns around and is almost looking into the camera as he's laughing maniacally. The good news
0: is the radiation seems to have completely eradicated the virus.
2: What's the bad
0: news? As you know, the mutational properties of the virus can be corrupted by its environment. <gasps> Bottom liner, doctor. Kill the radiation, please.
2: there's sort of this really it just has this real horror movie vibe to it and just hitting these really sort of loud but simple notes as uh, as he sort of slowly gives into his madness in that final scene i thought the music there always always stood out and and then yeah the, the the final little bit of music we get when he's sort of going nuclear in the sub there's again some some pretty good traditional batman beyond action music there but yeah it doesn't doesn't necessarily have the flavor of uh you know some of our classic villain themes that we like to talk about or even you know some of the unique uh, musical stylings that we see in batman beyond when a character like curare or or the stalker is involved uh doesn't really have as you said a unique theme that particularly stands out for him but yeah there's certainly some musical moments that i associate with him no doubt about that
1: absolutely i think it's time we talk about the gentleman that brought our character to life uh and that being mr
2: sherman howard that's right so uh dcau fans like us may know this but uh, i'll pass along this trivia note he was uh, mr howard was in the running to play lex luthor on superman the animated series and uh could very well have gotten that role if it weren't for for clancy brown coming in and and just uh just killing it and uh, you know becoming a, a definitive version of that character in any medium uh but i think that was sort of one of those characters where you had you had him in the back of your mind you liked his performance he did you he was used a few other times on superman he plays the collector in the uh Two-part episode, the main man, uh, with of course Superman and Lobo, and then also voices Steppenwolf in uh, Apocalypse Now. So he was used a couple of times in in other animated series, even though they didn't necessarily land. He didn't necessarily land the uh, recurring role at that point, but that sort of changed when they were looking for a Norman Osborn, Lex Luthor type. For Batman Beyond, they uh, they of course remembered Andre Armano, Bruce Timm. Uh, talk about that, I believe on on some of the commentary tracks and things that you could find on the Blu-rays, that he was he was still very much on their mind. And so when they had a a similar character, they thought he would be perfect for it. And he really does. I I think he's better as the slimy corporate guy than he is as the more over the top, maniacal villain for me. Yeah. But uh, there's certainly some very memorable moments in his, in his vocal performances.
1: No, absolutely. I think I think his his voice is much more suited for me when it comes to the. It, it pairs, I'd say, it probably pairs better as the Derek pa- Powers character as opposed to the Blake character. I almost, uh, you know, watching rewatching some of these episodes more recently uh, in preparation for this episode. You know, you. you You wonder almost why with the type of character that Blight was, why they didn't choose to do a little bit of a voice distortion for the character, just visually what he looks like, you know, even if just some slight reverb or a deepening of the voice when he's sort of as that persona could have Uh, Could have made that character feel a little bit more menacing when it's this sort of snarly, uh, you know, seedy businessman voice coming out of this such a visually striking character, It sort of is a little bit of a mismatch. Again, we've complained when it's been the opposite, though, that sometimes they went too heavy on reverb and too heavy on voice effects. So, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's better that they went this route as opposed to being too distracting or too, too different than his standard voice. But, yeah, it definitely fits that, that businessman, his clashes with, with Bruce Wayne and, and even his, some of his interactions with Terry – Uh, you know, where he isn't afraid to sort of twist the knife at times and really sort of needle Terry. There's a, a, specific interaction that they have in the shriek episode where uh he mentions that you know terry says that he's going to take over bruce's finances for him and and uh, he's you know he says aren't you a little young to be doing that and then you know there's there's uh there's another interaction that they have when he realizes mm-hmm. that uh, that terry's working for bruce and says yeah well i guess you have to be the breadwinner now it's just such like very subtle twisting of the knife to Terry but so seedy and underhanded but doing it with like a smile on his face is it's I think it's just it's great it's great and I think his performances as as Derek Powers really stand out for those sort of subtly evil twists
2: yeah and and we talked about that the the very personal rivalry that it that it becomes and that sort of, yes, every, every time he and Terry have an interaction, whether it's in that scene, whether it's in when Terry uh, interacts with Derek in the, in the psych ward in Shriek, when, uh, when he's trying to figure out what happened to Bruce and Terry actually tries to uh, physically attack him at one point after, after uh, Derek powers is sort of intimating that, that Bruce will, Bruce will uh, not recover from this uh, from this latest episode. And, also makes mention to Terry that there's always room for one more in the psych ward before walking away. It's just... What happened? Is he
1: alright? He's in the psych ward. He started hearing voices. Voices?
0: Age can do tragic things to a person, but I wouldn't worry about it. He's going to be in the best of hands. Mine. Who else can take care of his affairs? He has no wife, no children.
1: Me. I could do it.
0: Awfully young, aren't you?
1: Awfully slimy, aren't you?
0: Careful. The courts are very strict about slander.
1: Yeah? Well, let's see how they handle assault.
0: You should know something about the psych ward here. There's always room for one more.
2: Those, yeah, those those moments of, of where he's a little bit more understated and more... Uh, more uh, subtly villainous i think are what stand out to me as far as uh, mr mr Uh, howard's performance but yeah that's that's without a doubt that is the that is the uh that is an iconic performance by him and by association because blight has appeared in very little other medium he is as as to date the only person who's voiced this character so that is, uh, you know, that he he stands alone, at least as uh, as of the, of the time of recording here.
1: That's right. Uh, so I, I think it's a it's a it's a case of, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with the cast voice casting. And I think it fits the character well. And as you said, not that we have anything to compare it to, but uh, a solid job. And certainly uh, makes sense why uh, this would be the defining voice for this character moving forward. But. Um, William, I think wrapping things up here, I think long-term thinking about this character and some of the impact that it's had, um, outside of this, this story arc, he, he has had some, uh small appearances in different merchandise you and I are both action figure collectors and we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about the injustice that was served to this extremely toyetic character that deserved a proper action figure and really only has a few representations uh when it comes to collecting and that for for collectors to choose from nothing that's truly representative of his uh his actual appearance on the show too it's it's a it's a miscarriage of justice justice
2: yeah yeah we have uh very few things to pick from we have a we have a kenner slash hasbro toy that says it's blight on the box but uh does not look much like the character that we saw on television uh he also had a a, a, actually quite frankly much more accurate uh representation in a burger king happy meal toy Mm -hmm. although the sort of Derek powers cover that like that character but uh you know we'll take it for the more accurate blight at the very least for sure um but but yeah other than uh, a minor little uh Kubrick sort of quasi lego type toy uh it was pretty much slim pickings for for blight representation and action figures until uh just this this year uh when we are Uh, As we speak, I believe we're the the blight McFarlane toys figure that is, again, based on the rebirth uh, slash futures end Batman Beyond comic book look and not the the TV series look uh, will be coming to stores or may already be in some stores uh, across the U.S. here. But, man, yeah, it's all all these years and how impactful he sort of feels to the series. It's it's slim pickings when it comes to uh blight appearances and in, in, uh, in merchandise.
1: Yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, there was this sort of shady or not shady, but sort of, uh illusion and and not really completely fleshed out announcement about uh McFarlane taking over the dc direct license and uh doing some dc direct stuff that was announced a couple of uh, probably a month or two ago now so who knows what the future holds for that uh, maybe crossing our fingers toes and and arms and legs uh, we can get them to perhaps produce a, a a Batman beyond tv accurate or show accurate series of figures even a even a 3 or 4 figure series would be great to go as a companion to those uh, DC direct DCAU figures that they've they've produced over the last several years cuz that this is a character that looks amazing and even in that suit and 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 slacks and jacket i, I think that it's such a very visually appetizing character that it it would fit right next to your Batman Beyond on your shelf. So the fact that we don't really have many options uh, to to pose a a screen accurate or a show accurate blight with your your Terry McGinnis figure is, again, a miscarriage of justice and a long overdue. So crossing our fingers that that uh, is remedied at some point in the near future. But uh, I, overall, Liam, I think uh, it's safe to say we could probably come up with a favorite moment or so uh, for, for this character. We, uh, I, I think mine is probably going to have to be that Meltdown. Uh, I, I think that that, that mm-hmm. reveal, the initial interaction with Batman, you have the whole Mr. Freeze stuff going on, the interaction between Mr. Freeze and, and Blight, the characters on the two ends of the spectrum when it comes to their powers, uh, you know, Heat versus Cold. Uh, fire versus ice, uh, and then you throw Batman in the mix uh, is probably my favorite moment of the series. Uh, what What about you? How, wh- who, what's your favorite Blight moment uh, that we covered?
2: Yeah, I mean, Meltdown's really hard to beat. Um, for the sake of being a little bit different, uh, I, I will just mention. Um, I think the the initial those last few minutes of of Rebirth from when uh, you know he tries to throw the gas uh, where terry throws the gas canister at him and he's exposed as you said it's sort of a mystery what happens to him until those last few minutes that reveal as as we've just talked about in in there is i think it does stand out for me as probably the other iconic blight moment where he's he's sort of under this light which projects him as looking very normal and he demands they shut the light off and as soon as the light goes away you see that green glowing skeleton and and as, as I said, that sort of horror movie to be continued ending that they, that, that episode has, um, that's, that's probably the other standout blight uh, moment for me as well as Meltdown.
1: Well, Liam, that will bring an end to our initial DCAU character spotlight here as we uh, have highlighted pretty much all of Blight's run from start to finish in the DCAU. We would love to hear your feedback as listeners. uh, Feel free to tweet us at DCAUreview or uh, you can slide into those DMs on Instagram at DCAUreview as well or leave a comment on one of our posts. We love that sweet, sweet, sweet engagement regardless of what platform you select. Uh, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on where blight lands in your favorite Batman beyond characters, maybe your favorite DCAU main villains. Uh, Do you feel like he's, he's been robbed of of his uh, opportunity to be properly appreciated in action figure form. Uh, Give us your thoughts and uh, let us know what you think about this new format uh, for it's not something that we're going to be doing every single week. So you don't have to worry about that if you love our normal format, but it's something that we're looking to throw. Throw in here and there, as we said, uh, sort of talk about some of these characters that are very popular. But you know, we've left long ago. We talked about Liam. That so many of these <laughs> episodes were in the first thirty episodes that we covered, and we're we're on episode one seventy three this week. So lots uh, lots of time and weeks in between the last time we talked about Derek Powers and Blight. So I love the opportunity to talk with you, and uh, hopefully the fans did too, uh, about this character that's uh, so important to to. Ben Batman Beyond during our Batman Beyond month.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely want to hear feedback on this both uh if you liked this uh this format that we went with, if you have suggestions on how we could tweak it, we'd love to hear those. And uh, of course, obviously we'd like to hear uh, other characters you would like to hear in this DCAU character spotlight series. So, uh, definitely reach out to us at dcau review on twitter and on instagram let us know what you liked what you didn't like and uh, who you'd like to see us tackle next
1: that's right and speaking of next liam this is the last saturday in the month of august so that means we are suddenly turning the calendar page once again time marches forward that is how time works i suppose So as we move into the month of September, uh, that means we have a new theme or series for the month. So why don't we talk a little bit about what we'll be doing for the month of September?
2: Yeah. So uh, we have done a similar thing once or twice before we usually do one a year, but uh, we actually did it a little, we're actually doing it a little bit later this year. We are going to be looking at a month of Elseworlds review coming up in September. And uh, this time, rather than focusing on a single character, previously we did an Elseworlds Superman month, as well as an Elseworlds Batman month. Uh, We're going to be looking at Elseworlds Villains month. So we'll be jumping around to several different series and looking at different classic DC Comics villains in their animated forms, uh, but not in the traditional DCAU. Uh, in some of the other various animated shows that uh, we have covered in the past and maybe some we haven't. So uh, looking forward to tackling those characters in a a new light throughout the month of September.
1: It's going to be a blast. You will not want to miss it. And uh, make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are an anchor platformed podcast so you can list listen to us directly on anchor.fm FM um, also don't forget uh, we've worked very very hard and with the support of our friends at watchtower database uh, we are a part of the pod tower network on YouTube so if you consume your podcast via YouTube go ahead and search for pod tower uh, in the search bar we'll come up there you can uh, do us a favor subscribe to that channel that helps us out we're looking uh, to get our subscribership up on the that website so uh, even if you don't listen to our to our podcasts there and you want to support us lend us a hand uh, do a a subscribe on the pod tower channel and not only do you get content from us but you get some great content some additional podcasts from the Watchtower database, as well as our friends at Tim Talk, uh, who have also done a, a almost full review of the entire DCAU. So uh, check them out as well. Don't forget, you can also buy yourself a t-shirt if you're feeling really, really generous uh, over at DCAUreview.com. You can head to the store tab. And uh, pick yourself up a shirt or a hat if you want to send a few dollars our way. We would definitely appreciate that. Thank you. If not, you can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast app, and that helps us out immensely as well. Looking forward to kicking off Elseworlds Villains Month starting next week. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.